Be alert! Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him by being firm in the faith. 1 Peter 5, 8-9 Welcome to Canaanbaum Podcast, a podcast designed to offer the Christian rest during life's journey, featuring devotional segments and music by those who support the teaching of the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod, The Wells. My name is Tom, glad to be serving as your host for this episode. This is episode number 157. We'll begin with our devotion shared by Pastor Mark Falk. It's from 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, and it's read by Philip Wells. Does the lion still roar? 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 through 9. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. There are Bible haters, which is to say God-haters, who criticize the Bible as the ancient and dusty words of white men, though Peter and Paul and the other apostles and Christ himself were not very white. But even people who accept the Bible as the very words of the Holy Spirit, penned by his willing servants, sometimes act as if things have changed so much that the Bible is not totally relevant. So. Has it changed much, this world? Do cars and computers and the internet and the A-bomb change the spiritual landscape? Does Satan still roar? Does he still lure the young with sexual temptation? Does he still hold out stuff to preoccupy our minds and take them off eternal things? Does he still tempt children to disrespect the old? Does he still tempt fathers to neglect the spiritual training of their sons and daughters for things that are more fun, both for dad and children? Does he shatter marriages and homes and friendships? Does he lure God's people with better things to do or more important things to do when the church bells are ringing? Does he cause dissent and anger among fellow Christians in order to weaken the very relationships that can help us withstand his attacks? Has the world really changed? Or are the words of Solomon still true? There is nothing new under the sun. If we grant that the words of scripture are eternal truths, then the verses above must give us great pause. Until recently, lions lurking to attack human prey has been something we knew or guessed might happen in Africa or India or China. But lately, the mountain lions or cougars or pumas that are competing for space near our cities have made the news. We have found bodies of joggers or bikers mauled on paths near cities. Now that nature film that shows the stealth of these predators has our interest, now the understanding that if they choose one of us, traveling alone through their hunting grounds, they will likely win the battle. They are both stealthy and strong, and they are predators. This picture of predator and prey is the picture the Holy Spirit uses in Peter's words. Peter's readers knew that the threat of prowling and roaring lions, and Satan is like those ferocious beasts. He is not some parlor trick. He is no joke wearing a red jumpsuit and planning innocent mischief. It will be no joy to end in hell with him, our friend in low places. He is deadly earnest in using all his old temptations dressed up in modern garb. The internet and the automobile can be wonderful blessings. They can also be his tools. 
Our sinful self responds to Satan's cues. He knows what garners the attention of sinners, and he knows especially where my weak spots and your weak spots are. No NFL offensive coordinator has the film work that Satan has available. He has had centuries to study our defenses and perfect his offensive skills. He uses our own self with all its innate sinful desires to attack us. So self must be controlled. The strength for this comes in the salvation that builds up our new man of faith. This new man grows in strength as it reads or hears or meditates on the words of God, especially the words that promise heaven to all who are faithful in the faith until the end. Our best defense is a good offense. Our knowledge that every sin is covered, that every failing is wiped away, every flaw forgotten through the righteousness of Christ which is ours by faith. Being hunted by Satan and suffering pain that he inflicts is no new thing, nor does it happen only here or there. Just as in the first century, suffering Christians today can rest secure, knowing one, that we are not alone, this is happening to our brothers throughout the world, and two, that God gives us strength to control our sinful self when it is under attack, by the lion that still roars and seeks to devour God's children. Up next, a song from Cross to Glory, Power Paradox. But it will not crush me Confused, confounded But I'm not despairing Pursued and hunted But I'm not forsaken, struck down and hurting, destruction won't take me. Feeling the power in my weakness, feeding on the strength of the rain. Feeling the strike of the thunder Feeding on the power in your name Cause I'm feeling that I'm needing your strength Cause I'm feeling that I'm needing your grace power comes not from me like broken vessel the treasure is flowing I take on weakness the insults and all wrongs Christ's power made perfect when I'm weak then I'm strong 
Feeding on the strength of the rain Feeling the strength of the thunder Feeding on the power in your name Cause I'm feeling that I'm needing your strength Cause I'm feeling that I'm needing your grace Feeling the power in my weakness Feeding on the strength of the strike of the thunder feeding on the power in your name cause I'm feeling that I'm needing your power your Dealing with sin. It's easy to deal with sin in the wrong way. When someone is caught in sin, how do you naturally like to respond? Do you try to get them to bear the shame of that sin so they can never outlive it? Do you make them feel forever inferior and faulted because of their sin? It can be tempting to find someone caught in sin and to use that for increased evil or just attack the person. If it's not dealt with in the right way, sin can wreak destruction for all involved. We must also be careful that we don't tolerate or ignore sin. God does desire that sin be confronted. To ignore it is also wrong. So, how are we supposed to properly deal with sin? The kingdom of this world has only two main approaches. On the one hand, it might dismiss the idea that the sin must be dealt with and downplay the actual sin. Or, it will slam the sinner into the dirt and attack them in arrogant pride. That's because the sinful heart only knows how to belittle sin or use it as a tool of attack. It doesn't know how to handle sin in a God-pleasing way. How did you handle the situation the last time you caught someone in some trespass? Did you pretend it wasn't a big deal or pretend to not notice it? Did you let someone breaking the third commandment keep despising God's word? Did you let the eighth commandment slide as you let the gossip roll? Did you accept the dishonoring of marriage chosen by a friend or family member? Perhaps you went in the other direction and proudly attacked the sinner. Consider how you responded the last time someone lied to you. Did you end up retaliating with vengeance? Did you make someone suffer for wronging you in some way? There are many ways to deal with sin that are destructive and wrong. It's the way the human heart naturally deals with sin. We either ignore the danger or we dig a deeper, more destructive pit. We're all caught in some trespass and stuck on our own. Only God knows how to properly handle a person caught in some trespass. He acts. He doesn't ignore it. His first response to sin is always to call the sinner to repentance. He did this at the beginning of time, and he still does today. God invites the sinner to confess their sin, 
not belittle it. And the sinner must acknowledge sin for its full ugliness. But God's call to repent isn't given in order to bring the sinner into a pit of shame. It is offered in order to extend his mercy to those who need it. God seeks to restore the person caught in sin. The Son of God came in humility to deal with sin. He didn't ignore it and let it destroy the sinner. He acted. And he didn't come to bring the sinner down into a pit of lasting shame. He took every trespass and all the ugliness of its curse and shame upon himself. He came to restore the sinner by winning forgiveness on the cross. He dealt with sin, and he calls every sinner to repent and trust in him. If you or somebody you know is caught in any sin, act. Don't ignore it. Deal with it. But deal with it in humility. Humbly repent and call others to repent. Extend the same mercy which God has extended to you. Bring restoration through Jesus Christ. And watch yourself, so you don't accept anything other than repentance and faith as the only way to escape sin's curse. Any other way of handling someone caught in sin is of the devil, not God. From Galatians chapter 6 Brothers, if a person is caught in some trespass, you who are spiritual should restore such a person in a spirit of humility, carefully watching yourself so that you are not also tempted. Thanks to God for dealing with sin in the only way, the proper way, the best way for us. Up next we have a devotion shared from Pastor Nathan Nass from his blog Upside Down Savior. This is based off of John 17, 17. Hi, it's Pastor Nathan Nass with another message from God's Word. Truth. Does anyone even care anymore? Doesn't it seem like we've moved past the point of even caring whether people are telling the truth? We are so immersed in the spin and the lies. You wonder if it's even worth it to try to find out what the real truth is. It's so much more convenient to believe whatever you want to believe. Actually, it's even more convenient not to care at all. Truth. Does it even matter? Yes. Truth matters. Just ask Jesus. On the night before he died, Jesus said a heartfelt prayer for his disciples. Here's one of the things he prayed for them. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. John chapter 17, verse 17. Jesus wants his people to have the truth, and he tells us where to find it in his word. Why? We need truth so badly. We need to hear the truth about our sins so we stop blaming everybody else. We need to hear the truth about Jesus' forgiveness so we can stop trying to save ourselves. We need to hear the truth about heaven so we can stop putting our hope in this world. We need to hear the truth about Jesus so that his love and salvation fill our hearts. It's worth caring about the truth because our salvation depends on it. Don't give up seeking and speaking the truth. God's word is truth. Let's say a prayer. Dear God, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Today we'll close with a song by Koine, Come to Calvary's Holy Mountain. Come to Calvary's Holy Mountain.
have been listening to Canaan Bound Podcast, episode number 157. This episode was first shared in January of 2021. For more information, visit CanaanBoundPodcast.com. There you'll find information on how you can support the artist and those who contributed to this segment. We encourage you to find a Wells ministry near you. Visit wells.net. Thanks for joining us, and remember his promised rest.